0: Hello! And salutations. Welcome! Indeed, welcome. Enter at your own risk.
1: Hardly, this isn't a risky
0: show. Maybe not for you. I'm Bartleby Nehigh. And I'm Artemis Nehigh. And we're the Kinetic Paranormal Society. A pair of socks in a magical wardrobe, traveling through time and space investigating the supernatural. Great job, Artemis! This is already our best
1: episode yet! I certainly hope so. You're listening to Metacosmos. Wow, Artemis, you're so ready. What's going on? I can't believe it. You just, you did the intro right. Well, actually, I am quite
0: excited about today's show. I have prepared a topic and I have notes. And before I say anything, we should marinate the episode, do this proper, the way that you always want to. So Bartleby, what are you up to this week? You haven't been mentioning the kinetic sculpture race much. Are or, or you, you're still doing that? Oh yeah, totally. We're absolutely doing it. It's gonna be awesome. Do you want to share with us what your your theme is? Oh no, no, I'm I'm not gonna bring that up quite yet. That's strange. Last time you were talking about prudence prune water every other minute. What's so special about this theme that
1: you're not going to even share it with me? I think I want to like have like the dramatic presentation of it and bring it live to the Arcadia Plaza on Memorial Day weekend, Saturday. We leave the the whole plaza at noon, so. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm I'm going to say no more because I think it's it's a little bit better for a surprise. Fine. Well, then, I'm
0: quite excited because I am ready to do another episode of our original format, a podcast about a podcast. Really? You want to do a, a podcast about a podcast? Yes, I do. What podcast do you want to do? Well, actually, I was hoping we could review the Kinetic Paranormal Society podcast. You want to review our other podcast? Yes. Yes, I do. I think it's important that we address some very important issues. Specifically, it's not good. No, it's, it's totally good. It's great. What do you mean, not good? That's, that's crazy talk. No, it, it might be even, dare I
1: say it, Bartleby, bad. Oh, no. No. It's, it's definitely not bad. It's awesome. If anything, I think it's especially awesome.
0: No, actually, okay. I have proof. I have all proof bro- broken down here. For instance, it doesn't follow story structure like proper story structure.
1: What do you mean it doesn't? It's a reenactment of our true life adventures by a puppet troupe in this dimension. How, like it, it's not going to follow proper story structure, anyways.
0: I know you want to say that, but we're presenting it as a story, and therefore we should probably not present it at all. No, no, we should keep doing it. Look, look. I appreciate your gumption and your gusto, but look, here, the first episode, The Hall of Odors. Who's the protagonist, Bartleby? We're not the protagonists in that episode, in our very own first episode. Well,
1: I, I've always thought that Tommy Toughnuts is the protagonist of that episode.
0: You, the, you think the villain's henchman is the main character?
1: Yeah, yeah, because for, for Tommy, he like has a whole journey. Where he discovers that we're time travelers, and then he dupes us and steals your time traveling watch. And so, he has like a journey, um, I don't know if it's a character growth, but it's only the first episode. Oh, Bartleby. He duped us.
0: We look like fools. Like absolute idiots. I don't think this is the way we want to present ourselves in the first episode of our own show. No, I think it's fine. Okay, the Cave of Mysteries, episode number two, ends in a deus ex machina. A what ex machina? A deus ex machina. It means like a deity from above, from the, the mystery of the machine, reaches in and saves the day and ends the episode. And it there's nothing in it that sets up this event.
1: So it has no foreshadowing. Oh, Well, it's a documentary, and the part where it set up that event was just unfortunately not documented. But I'm sure, in future revised editions, that the moment where it has proper foreshadowing will be included.
0: I thought you said all true-life adventures don't follow story structures.
1: Well, they don't follow normal story structures, but they follow a kind of story structure. I think everything's fine. We're actually doing a really, really good job.
0: No, we're telling... Plot hole-ridden stories is what we're doing. For instance, Snattlerake. Again, we don't do anything. The entire episode is just you and I searching for scat samples. Oop, boop doo, oop, a doo, oop, boo Stop it! And that's just not a story. We don't. We don't even realize that there is a story happening.
1: Yeah, well, um, that's uh, uh, uh was kind of like an echo of episode one because T- Tommy's the main character in that one, and he has like actual character growth by the third episode. Like, I think we're doing a
0: really good job. I don't think we're doing ourselves justice or anyone that's been forced into this scenario where they listen to this nonsense. It's not nonsense. It's,
1: it's some sort of super sense. It's awesome. And everyone should be listening if they haven't already because then they can listen again and notice the callback jokes and all the little nuances. So yeah, listen to Kinetic Paranormal Society podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. No,
0: don't. Do not. Do not. We should be burning the episodes. They're digital. That's not how this works. Well, you know what I mean. We need to put an end to this. None of these stories have any kind of proper hero's journey.
1: Hero's journey?
0: Yes, you know that Joseph Campbell's Hero of a Thousand Faces, every story, at least every good story, has a certain um beat that they follow that are emotionally compelling and engage an audience in the unfolding of the story. and. We just don't have that in any of our stories.
1: Yeah, sure we do. But it's like episodic. In an episodic story, you all gotta return back to a neutral point. So we're not like building to some grand ending. That's for sure. I'm not planning on an ending.
0: Okay, well, I think that the hero's journey would be a good place to at least frame our story so that people can be emotionally pulled in and engaged. Look, don't
1: you think the hero's journey is a little bit reductive? How do you mean reductive? Well, like, here, why don't you explain it a little bit, and then I'll jump in when when I feel it's appropriate. Oh,
0: right, then. Well, every story starts off with our protagonist, and they're living in a very normal world, and their normal world suddenly has an event that brings them in to question what they're doing in their world, and they're called forth to go on an adventure, and maybe they will then deny the adventure and be hesitant to go but they will have some sort of affirmation. Perhaps a teacher might come in, some sort of sign that they should go and they'll have to make a choice to cross a threshold. Okay, stop right there.
1: See, this is way too complicated. If, if every story followed this exactly, the stories would get really boring really quick. Well, it's done metaphorically and
0: in a, in a bit of an echoing pattern, like in Star Wars and The Matrix. And in The Matrix, they do
1: the crossing of the threshold several times. Stop again. Stop right there. Like I said, kind of reductive. I think we should just go right ahead and be even more reductive. Even more reductive? Yeah, I don't think the hero's journey is necessarily, like what, 18, 20 something steps? I don't think you need to do that. Like, There's various versions to how many steps. Again, I don't think it matters. I think it's just three steps. You question, you learn, then you have knowledge. You like, got your question, you're learning your answer, and everybody's got a, like a process. Because some people say, well, what about like native traditions? The native oral stories don't at all follow what you might call your hero's journey. But along the way, the listener has to it's, well, question and learn and, and come to an aha. Because in those hero's journeys, the protagonist is you, the listener. Same like with a joke. Like when you're like listening to a joke, and then you get to the punchline, and you're like, Oh, that's the punchline. That's hilarious. Ha! And that's like, that's you on your own hero's journey. Because in a joke, you're the
0: hero. And you're just basically saying that our episodes are just jokes? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so everyone should listen. It's like a long joke that just keeps telling itself until you're like, aha. wow, I learned so much. I don't think
0: anyone's learning anything in these episodes.
1: Well, maybe they can learn something... From our episodes here of Metacosmos.
0: I don't think this is helping, Be Don't get me started on a review of this show. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Okay, then. Now, I think we need to address another episode. For instance, the Ghost Town Durango. Not our best work.
1: Uh, I thought that
0: one was a hilarious joke. We made Mango stop existing. That's not right. Uh, We found him in the next episode. Now you're just spoiling it for people. Do you want people to not listen or listen? What's going on? I'm, I'm just saying we should not be bragging about these events. We're not looking like very competent paranormal investigators in all of the episodes I've mentioned.
1: But I think that's, like, okay, Area 52? Like, dude, I totally came in and saved you. I saved you? What are you talking about? Okay, well, um, double doom. Again. I think
0: I came through on that one. Do you think you came through? No, I think I'm the one that put the deluxe dilapidator onto the... What was it again? The... The the Doom Machine? See, you should probably listen to those episodes more, if anything, Artemis. You can't even remember what happened. Oh, Bartleby, I don't think this is right. We are not telling
1: actual stories where characters progress. Again, okay, first of all, it's episodic storytelling. And, like, real people don't have character arcs, Artemis. Real people live their lives and just kind of figure it out as they go. And that's what we're like. Or if anything, we're like archetypes. You think we're like archetypes? Yeah. Like, like I'm like a trickster archetype and you're, um, I don't know what archetype you are, Artemis, but it really works in countering to my archetype. This is not fair. No, seriously. It's awesome. And like archetypes are really at the heart of why stories even work at all. Because you're like, oh, the hero's journey. But what it is, is that every part of the story is actually a reflection of the psyche. And you could probably break it down to like seven characters in the entire story of every story. Oh, you were calling me reductive. Well, you know, this is not like that reductive because it's super over-ended reductive. I don't like where this is going. I think it's going in a pretty awesome direction. So, for instance every story, you have a self. Like we were saying, like in a joke, the self is you listening to the joke. But in like an adventure story or like some sort of like romance story or any other genre, there's usually a person that stands in to be like the person watching. And they're like, oh, that's the main character.
0: Yes, I understand how main characters work, Bartleby.
1: And then you got like a trickster character, but a trickster character doesn't have to be a character. It's just kind of a sense in the world that that things are kind of a little wild and silly and you can't control them. That's, that's you know, why I'm a trickster. That certainly
0: seems accurate by my account. Yeah,
1: so everyone's got a little bit of sense of like the universe has got a little mischief in it like that. And uh, everybody's got a sense of a teacher. That's your Obi-Wan Kenobi's and your Morpheus's since you already referenced Star Wars and Matrix. Okay, fine. What's your next one? Well, there's always like some sort of gatekeeper and there's a lot of gates. So there's like a sense of like, trying to, like, go through transformations and trying to, like, go through the challenges of transformations. And often there's someone who's standing at the door going, I don't know, you can do that, dude. You can't handle it.
0: You called me reductive, and this is your explanation of every story.
1: And then you got, like, a sense of, like, like, mastery. There's somebody who's like, wow, that person's the best at what they do. But often the main character has to at least become decent at what they do. So they have their own sense of mastery. And that's, like, part of the transformation from question to learning to knowledge, because you can't get to knowledge without a little bit of mastery. I don't think this is how every story works. No, 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 it totally is. And then like every story has some sort of like, it doesn't have to be a love interest, but like a sense of purpose and someone that you do it for, someone that you love. Having something that you love, or someone that you love, or a a bunch of people that you love, and a sense of purpose on why it's important to go and learn these things, and it's just not like some petty thing. It's kind of like, Makes the story have a lot more kick to it and a lot more meaning and helps people engage.
0: This is far, far more reductive than I think anything in the hero's journey is. No,
1: no, no. Because it's really open-ended. Like, none of these people even have to be people, but they're all part of ourselves. We all have something that we love in our hearts. Like, usually it's our moms, but, like, we all have one and, uh, you love it. Do we have a mother wear a pair of socks? Do you not think the magic wardrobe is our mother? Come on. Now you made me feel bad. So, the final character in the entire story is the mirror. The mirror? How are mirrors characters? Well, according to Carl Jung, he'd call it like the shadow. But the shadow is like a really dark version of a mirror. Because what it is, is that all the other characters that don't fill in those other archetypes are used as like a foil. And to help us understand who the self, the main character is. Because like you got your Han Solo's that show us that that Luke is a little bit green and a little wet behind the ears. And you got your Darth Vader's that shows us that Luke's really nice. And he's a nice guy. And we like nice guys. Anyway, so then everybody's got a mirror. Yeah, I felt that one was a bit of a
0: cop-out. You were basically saying that every character in the story, and you said there were only seven archetypes, and and one of the archetypes is every other character. Sounds like a cop-out to me. Well,
1: the moral of that one is to, like, just remember that everyone you meet is a reflection of you and you can learn about yourself through the way that you perceive yourself through them and them through you. And it's awesome.
0: Well, that's seven. So we're done
1: then, right? Yeah, we're done. That's awesome. So yeah. Thanks y'all for listening. I am Bartleby Nihai, and we're the kinetic paranormal society. And this is Metacosmos. Metacosmos is produced in association with humble hot air. HumbleHotAir.org is where you can listen to a lot of really cool stuff. Like, who knows, at any given moment, you can find some cool thing to listen to. There music or a talk show, just like Metacosmos. And you can also listen to the back catalog of Metacosmos wherever you enjoy podcasts. Other podcasts produced by Isaac Bluefoot is like the Connect Paranormal Society podcast. Why are you mentioning that now? We've,
0: We've just made a long point telling everyone that it's just not worth their time. And it's probably going to be deleted soon.
1: So get out there and listen to it, because you don't know how long it's going to be up on the internet. And also listen to Isaac Bluefoot's other podcast, Superman, Son of L, the Unauthorized Biography of Clark Kent. Yeah, you can listen to Superman, Son of El: the Unauthorized Biography of Clark Kent, whatever you listen to podcasts. You should also get yourself a deck of quest cards at OmingQuestCards.com. They're full of beautiful pictures and have games you can't lose. And it's really awesome once you start playing in a world where the games aren't losable, because then you can really discover something about yourself. Okay, that's something I can finally agree with. And also, you can always visit Patreon.com Bluefoot to help fund these crazy zany stories that we get to tell you. So, thank you all so much. I think you're wonderful. And I love you. You know what, Bartabee? Maybe we should be reviewing Metacosmos. I think this is important. Oh, I think everyone's just going to have to review Metacosmos for themselves.